A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to The Fringe of It, episode number 40. We hope it's 40, we think it's 40. If it's not episode 40, we give up. Otherwise, I think we should just start naming the episodes after random fruit selections, like, welcome to The Fringe of It. Episode number pineapple. Episode number chocolate teapot. <laughs> Episode number chocolate covered Oreo. Can you tell I've been eating a lot of chocolate covered Oreos this weekend? How are you anyway? Let's let's let's, let's skip this. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I'm I'm all right. I'm ill again. Like I can't believe I'm ill again. Two out of three members of the household are on antibiotics, and just to footnote that we don't take them willy nilly. June's on antibiotics and Jack is. I feel like I should be. June's not been very well. She's had a, a cough and a cold, but she's had like a horrendous cough that's kept her awake and it's been really bad. So we took her to the doctors and um, and now I've got it. She's got rid of it and she's given it to me. Oh, it's that age. So that age. Honestly, they're just, they go to nursery, they pick up germs they come back they bring them home they they take grown adults down with them because now jack's feeling like he's got it god and i can't take anymore apparently i spoke to somebody who looks after children and they said it's from september till march so hopefully you know we should be out you've got about 12 more days (laughs) yeah not not long the clocks go back and hopefully i'll be out of this germ-ridden period and um yeah so apologies if i'm a bit um deep today like my voice it's quite it's quite very white um but yeah I've tried every um preventative under the sun so I appreciate everyone saying you've got to take this you've got to take that toddlers they just their germs are powerful oh my god you've got it bad yeah don't come around this house how are you I'm all right I feel like first and we need to apologize for not having an episode out last week um as well oh yeah For those eagle-eyed listeners, we didn't upload last week. I had a bit of a week of it. Um, It should be called the week of it because it was just, it was a bit of a roller coaster. But I, as I said on my stories, I can see the wood through the trees, um, one of my favourite incorrect sayings. Um, But no, it was just a bit of a funny week and 
had a lot going on um but it's fine all good now had a lovely weekend um I did a life drawing class how was that hilarious Uh, absolutely it was amazing um it was really local and I went with my best friend Gemma and she's brilliant at that kind of thing we've both been looking for a life drawing class and it was just an experience we went in and when we walked through the doors all we could see were like more mature men and we were like oh my god what have we gotten ourselves into and it was a very sophisticated crowd everyone had their own equipment even though it was like basic things will be supplied and yeah like it was it was very I really enjoyed it just like letting go a little bit and doing something that I really enjoyed the playlist was exceptional as well he put on a song and I didn't recognize it initially and I've got this thing that whenever I hear a song that I quite like I just start humming whether I know it or not oh no god you're like my mom no stop it and I was just like humming along and he came around he's like oh so uh you're a Quincy Jones fan and I was like Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just nod along like yes yes I am nodded, and literally since then all I've listened to is Quincy Jones I've been like I know Corinna that's where I am and I literally cannot stop listening and I'm just like I, I cannot I cannot be trusted in these spaces in my mind everyone's wearing chambray denim a breton and a neck it was tie. a bit like that like there was a lady that had a headscarf on and these brilliant like cat-eyed glasses and she kind of came around and observed everyone's at the end even though she was she wasn't a teacher or anything, she was kind of like took everyone took oh, okay. it quite seriously. But um, no, I really enjoyed. It. I would I would love to, I'd love to go back again. It was great because life drawing for me brings me out in 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 a bit of a a sweat. But that's because I went to art college. I've probably told this story before. I went to art college. We had um an art teacher called Roy, and our life drawing model was called Janet. Or was she called Janet? Or have I made that up? Is that my nickname for her? We used to get drunk quite a lot. This was when I was a lot younger. Basically, I wanted to do fashion, but the only route was you had to go to art college, but I couldn't draw. I just couldn't do it. So Roy used to be like over my shoulder all the time. And I think Roy like generally was just a bit disappointed with me because I was just like, I didn't really like it. Roy wasn't that impressed with me, but it it was a bit like... It's very stressful when someone's over like looking over your shoulder as well. Because I know that you're quite similar to me and you're like, you're quite a perfectionist. Oh yeah, and when like you're drawing, when you go wrong, I feel like I'm like, oh, I'll give up, give up, I'm not gonna bother. And when someone's standing yeah, over you, you, you're like, I oh, know I'm not good at it. I don't want you to confirm it. But that's the whole point point about art, isn't it? It's subjective. It doesn't matter, like good or bad. It should all like that should all be thrown out the window. Like as long as you're having fun. That's what I kept saying to this guy because he was like, oh, he loved like Renaissance stuff, and he kept talking about like. This art class. Sorry. He kept talking about like Da Vinci and like Michelangelo and like how they would draw, and I'm just like, babes. The last light, the last like life drawing I did, I did it with like line drawings. I was like, we're like we're on very different pages. No pun intended. It's nice that you push yourself out your comfort zone. Because I think with classes, like there are quite a few hobbies I would like to reignite. But sometimes the fear of like stepping through the door into like night school or or you know going to a class like that can be really intimidating so round of applause Liv oh thanks we were giggly we were very giggly like not the not the model it wasn't like an immature thing but it was just like it it was like being back at school again where I would be like the bad influence I'd giggle a lot and then or I'd say something to try and make Gemma laugh and then she'd laugh and I'd bring her down with me like into into like why are you both giggling and it was a bit like that but I wouldn't have done it solo but I think going with a friend was just yeah it was great it's what it was it was a tonic was it naked yes because I think what's interesting at first you're a bit like oh there is a naked person 
right in front of me. But then when you get into it, you are literally just looking at like the light and the shadow and the shapes. Like you're not even. Oh yeah, you're not. It, it's just weird. It just takes it all out of context, doesn't it? And you're just trying to recreate the light and what you're seeing. I, I find it really interesting. It is interesting because you kind of it reframes how you look at a naked body because I think initially it's a bit like not uncomfortable, but when you're seeing something you're not used to seeing. Oh, we love it. And I think when there's that prudishness that I think a lot of British people have where you're kind of like, <laughs> naked? Oh, oh, heaven forbid. And that's why we can't go to life drawing. Oh, my God. But yeah, apart from that, I had a lovely week. Um, I've given up bread for Lent, which I I thought, I don't know why I've done it. I'm not religious. Partic- I'm not particularly religious. I'm not um, trying to cut things out for I don't know why I'm doing it but I've done it for over a week <laughs> do you kind of like I was I did it I've done it with like a couple of I did it with Brit and I did it with Joe and we were like all together on pancake day and we thought, well, yeah let's all do it and then Joe you know, in like a moment of quiet reflection you're like I don't know why I'm doing this peer pressure that, that's the thing like, I've never given up anything I've never like had that self-control or restraint so maybe it's that it's trying to like satisfy that point of me where I'm like no I can be controlled and I can I think um I think it's a good one not from a kind of I don't want to mention the d word but I find if I have bread for every meal I'm not getting enough vegetables yeah oh exactly especially freelance I, everything's on toast everything comes on toast like, even this morning I had boiled eggs I'm like what do you dip into that like your fingers like like it's puzzling like it makes it makes you realize how much I actually like I eat every single meal without fail so in a way, it's been nice to kind of challenge myself creatively with cooking so I can't just, yeah, like bung things on bread. Yeah, well, that that's how Jack became pescatarian because I felt we were eating meat mindlessly, um, not necessarily like we wanted it or we were just doing it. It was just habit. So last August, I said to him, like, let's, should we give up meat for a couple of weeks? Just because I think we're not eating enough vegetables. We're just eating the same old, like too much meat. And he was really against it. But it was more about changing habits and um, like experimenting. Because I think you can get stuck in a rut with the same old meals. Anyway, it's quite a long story short. After the two weeks, Jack has never eaten meat again. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The first couple of days were really hard. Like I went to a dinner. I've never seen so much bread on a table. And I was just like salivating. And it was like I could smell it. And I was like, oh my God. And now I'm like... I like it. I, I, I love bread more than I love anything. But I'm like, oh no, like I'm full. I'm fine. I don't. I don't need to have it. It reminds me of two two things. One, my mum gives up chocolate for Lent every year, and and don't we know about it? But another thing, bread related that I saw. I was in Home Sense yesterday, in the toy section, and we just kind of take June every now and again to um, as I was saying to you, an industrial park. <laughs> You've got pets at home to see the rabbits, curries, so she can play with like all the electronics and like she loves it you can break them and it's not in our house yeah it's fine it's absolutely fine and um and then we went to home since the toy section and they had this sylvanian family's bakery oh well a patisserie it was incredible there was all these mini baguettes and croissants and pastries but the bits were so small it did say for three three and older and i was like i don't necessarily go on on those kind of guidance but I was like that, that's a bit true oh bit my choky. god honestly like me and Joe have had quite a discussion about what counts as bread as well that's been like hot hot topic in this house Joe was like oh so you're not gonna eat pastries or like croissants and I was like what that's not bread that's no, a that's pastry not bread. Made. I was like if you if I send you out to buy some bread and you came back with like a pan of chocolate I would be like what? well you can't have a ham and cheese pan of chocolate can you 
I was like, it just got some flour in it. I said, I'm not giving up flour, I'm giving up bread. I'm really passionate about what is bread. Shall we move on to Teletalk? I don't know if I can get through Teletalk. I'm so emotional. I've just finished oh. This Is Us, as I mentioned two weeks ago. So Jack and I have watched two seasons in two weeks. We started last Saturday, uh, two weeks um, previously, and we finished on Saturday. And on Sunday, we had to go out for a walk because it had affect- affected wow. us that much. Both of us were sad, a little bit down, and we just couldn't stop thinking about it. We couldn't stop talking about it. I mean, that TV show has had such a profound effect on my life. Oh, I can't remember where I was. I can't talk about it as in like for spoiler purposes, um, but it's on Amazon Prime. We paid £20 for the second season, like I would have paid more. But one episode, I think I was a bit PMT, and I cried for the whole episode, the whole thing. God, it's exhausting when that happens. Yeah, it's um, but I thought it I just think it's the most beautiful TV show ever. I just think it's so reflective of life. It, I just one minute you're up, next minute you're down, next minute you're in tears. I mean, it's just wonderful. Um and then I went on to like a Mandy Moore Instagram hole. Oh, she's just heaven. Yeah, started looking at I, I knew kind of what a house looked like in a bit of a wedding, but then I I'm I'm fully down a, a Mandy Moore Instagram hole. But um yeah, this is us. It it just blew me away. Um if anybody's not seen it, I think I'm in the minority. But watch it. But I mean honestly at one no, point No, I need to watch it. At one point Jack looked at me and the amount of tissue that I'd been through from crying he was like are you you okay though he was in tears at at some points I mean it's intense well there goes my week it's really good and then the other thing that I've been watching because I was panicking because I was like I've not watched anything and we thought about going to the cinema but all we wanted to do was finish This Is Us but last night I finally started season three of Queer Eye it's only been out since Friday but you know you know what it's like you need to you need to be the one of the first to watch it have you started oh yes underwhelmed but I don't know if it's because I've been I'd obviously had so much raw emotion from this is us like I, I don't know but I, I did watch the second episode I heard episode three is meant to be quite um quite uh fueled in the old emotion department yeah I think apparently if I'm not crying by season uh, by episode three then you know yeah I've cried all it's the tears I've cried rever- reservoirs over this is us and I have no tears left Oh my god! Imagine Charlotte has no tears. I definitely need to watch I, this. I, as I was wondering. Imagine if that was it, now and I just wasn't a cry a crier. Like, that would be a think piece, wouldn't it? <laughs> this is us stole my emotion. I would love not to be a crier. It's so embarrassing sometimes. All these moments, like June when she graduates, like her birthday, she oh, just yeah, be sorry. like, oh, "I cried nice. my last year of this is us." Yeah, so I will report back <laughs> and um, more queer eyed chat next week because I, I feel a bit sad that I didn't get to watch as much. But you know, Jonathan Van Ness is back. On episode two, Anthony, sweet boy, what sweet did he boy. do in episode one? He just took her out for lunch and said that instead of saying fancy, you should say occasion or special. So is Anthony your favourite? Yeah, I think so. Closely followed by Jonathan, though. Well, then no, that's fine. As long as like you can have Anthony and I can have Jonathan. Okay, fine. That's fine. But Jonathan, um, in the second episode, sings this sun cream song. Oh my god! And it's the cute. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. How does it go? Oh, okay. I'll rehearse it for next week. I'll rehearse it. What have you been watching? Oh my God. So this is because we didn't record last week. I've got a bit of a list. Well, two of the things on it I haven't watched in full, but I've watched via Gogglebox. 
which have like kind of whet my appetite to watch the whole thing. So I'll quickly touch on those because they won't take a minute. One of them was called Race Across the World. Um, <sighs> I really, have, you, have you seen it? I think I've seen the trailer, but carry on, I won't talk. I'm just desperate to see it. So it's basically, there's like two groups of people. I think there's two women and maybe a couple. I think the challenge is they have to go from the UK to somewhere like, I think Singapore, um, and they can't use planes. They have to, they get the same cost as a plane ticket and they have to make their way across the world with that budget. And they're racing each other. And the person that gets there first wins like a cash prize. But I was just like, it sounds quite boring, like kind of a bit daytime television, but I was like, really, really want to watch it. So there's that, and then there's the doc. I think it's um a Nat Geo documentary called Free Solo. I feel like I've not got the proper name. This is I'm useless. I'm not a television correspondent, but it's basically about this man that climbs enormous surfaces, rocks, mountains, um, <laughs> completely without any support. So he might just have a parachute on his back if he falls, and that's it. And hopefully it will go up, but it looked very like clammy handed watching but um yes yeah, i think it was up for a bafta but it looks absolutely amazing and we watched it on gogglebox and my like the thing i love about gogglebox is you get to know programs and like documentaries you wouldn't have otherwise seen but they only show you about 2 minutes worth of it so then you're just like oh god i need to watch it and then it just makes your list a lot longer and you're like i just want you to, i want to see you commentating the whole episode that's all i want I totally agree with that. But I do like, as you said, that is what kind of what I watch Gogglebox for. Um, yeah. Because, I, I don't know, it's, it's like it's like an edit of TV and you're like, oh, well, hang on a second, go I'm back, like, what was that? I'll make I'm a note of that. I know, that's the thing. And the other thing I watched because of Gogglebox this week, which I am so excited about because it's literally textbook, my kind of rubbish, is The Bachelor, the UK version. There's going to be a UK version? It's on, it's on, it's all on demand. Oh, is it? That was quick. Where are we watching that? I think it's on Channel 5, but I've been watching it on Catch Up. And it's set in South Africa, and I've only seen the first episode to where all the women kind of arrive, and they're doing, like, they're meeting the bachelor, and then they're showing him their special talents. It's really cheesy, and I think it's, if you were going to get quite analytical, you could be like, it's very anti-feminist, but I really love it. I really love it. It's that kind of Love Island escapism rubbish telly that I just live for. Um, Sometimes you need the bubble gum. Oh, I love it. I really love it. And so I've watched the first episode of that. There was the first episode is hilarious because obviously the bachelor's kind of waiting outside this house and they kind of drive around in this like Rolls Royce or Bentley or really flash car and they get out and they have to kind of greet him with their special talent. So like one girl baked a pie, another girl did like fire breathing and one girl did a rap and it's just unbelievable. But it made me think about what my special talent would be. What would yours be? You see, this is where I feel really insignificant because I don't think I have a special talent. This is how I felt. <laughs> Showing people how to use filters on Instagram. You'd be like, uh, babes, I can do a great story set. Story. <laughs> Yeah, this is where I start to feel a little bit inadequate as a human. I could probably do a tap routine from when I was like nine. That's I good. think I can still do that. Yeah, um, you could do some life drawing, and you could uh, show them how to I draw the gluten maximus. Yeah, all that. You are good at accents. Or I could I sing like a whole like I could recite Mamma Mia word for word, the whole film. I could recite almost famous word for word. That would be our special talent. I'd be like, have you got 
like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> you could also show people how to pack their suitcases really efficiently. You're very good at that. Oh, thanks. Like the roll technique. I feel really useful now. Yeah, see, it would be fine. We've got it sorted. We would woo. Yeah, I mean, we would be out of the bachelor. We wouldn't, we, well, we wouldn't make it on. That's why we're watching it. Exactly. But I've, there's two more things I've watched. I'll be really, really quick. So I saw Louis Theroux did another, um, just one another programme, didn't he? On BBC, which I watched, it was a couple of weeks ago. What's Louis doing now? Is it incredibly awkward? No, it was brilliant. It was called The Night in Question. And it was basically about US college campuses and sexual assault and kind of juggling the kind of he's he did he said she said kind of narrative that comes with sexual assault on campus and it was so fascinating I was watching it and I think until about halfway through I wasn't super enamored with it because I was kind of like this guy is just being given this platform to talk about how he was you know inverted commas wrongly accused of rape and it kind of felt a bit like a strange platform to give these two like like this I don't know it was a bit of a weird one but it kind of does a whole 360 and it's so fascinating and it really sparks up some interesting conversations um like Joe and I were sitting there talking about like why there is such a culture of it in the US and the education around it and then also going on to talk about why a lot of these guys do deny it's such a point because it is such a final accusation which will follow them around and it's just like the education around people knowing what is and what isn't and it's like it's it was honestly so interesting I really recommend it Louis does such a good job of these things like that's what I love about him he kind of like sets you up to to think a certain thing and then he's like hang on no 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 I think he's really clever at it does that. such a lot but in so lit like it's such a simple way like it's like it's what's not said like he doesn't talk too much it kind of just leaves it very much up to kind of the subject to kind of almost unravel oh yeah I love it when he does that because there's those awkward silences that you would normally fill mm. and Louis like no like because that's what you're supposed to do isn't it just kind of let the person talk oh he's brilliant he really really is he just just lets it all come out and no I really really would really would recommend um and last but not least I watched Afterlife. I started Afterlife. I've not watched all of it, but I really think you'll like it. That's Ricky Gervais, isn't it, on Netflix? It's a new Ricky Gervais series on Netflix, and it is just, it's heartwarming, heartbreaking, tear-jerking, like this laughter. It's like everything. Jack's watched this because he's a big Ricky Ricky fan. Did he like it? And um, I'll never forget the day that um, when Jack was working on a TV show, it was his birthday and I insisted he'd take it off because I'd already booked all these, like I'd booked a nice day for us and Jack's work's really unpredictable so he never knows whether he'll be at work or not. But I was like, and normally like our plans are quite flexible, but I was like, no, I planned this birthday day and you need to take the day off. Anyway, he goes back to work the next day and finds out Ricky Gervais has been to visit the set because this TV show he was working on, it was an Italian TV show, is Ricky's favourite TV show. And, like, Ricky is one of, like, Jack's favourite people. And the one day that he could have met him, I insisted he take the day off for his birthday. We had a nice day, but Jack was just... Yeah, I don't think he's ever quite forgiven me. Oh, my God. Did he like Afterlife? Yeah, he loved it. And um, sometimes uh, Jack actually watches things before I do and like lets me know whether it would be Charlotte appropriate. 
and um he said yeah i can go in and watch it it's, it's fine I'll so really enjoy so good it's just really that light i mean it's some of the subjects are quite heavy but it's quite a light just feel good but i don't know like i mean it's basically it's about um, a, a guy who's lost his wife and essentially kind of like one of those Nicholas Sparks kind of films that his the wife has left him like a series of videos after she's gone about like how to navigate life essentially without her. I really, I think it's brilliant and I highly recommend everyone watch it. I will be watching it, don't worry. Um, what I was going to say to you when you mentioned sailing, I got really excited. So Jack showed me a trailer the other day and it's called Maiden. Ooh. And I think it's coming out this year in the US. I'm on the IMDb page now um, in June. But it is about um, Tracy Edwards. And she, in 1989, she became the skipper of the first ever all-female crew to enter the Whitbread round the world race. I don't know a lot about sailing, but I have heard of um, the Whitbread round the world race. And it's all about um, how the media portrayed them. Um, I welled up. I've got geese pimples now just talking about it. But basically all this support that came out from like other women seeing them do this maiden voyage. And it's just incredible. So I can't wait to watch that. Like Jack showed me the trailer and I was like, sailing, I'm bored. Because um, I can't stand, um, I get a bit of a phobia of seeing vast things of, of like the sea. So I generally won't watch like water-based films. Water-based watches. Yeah, like Titanic was probably the last like vast stretch of water that I've watched. Like I, it just freaks me out. So I was like, I don't want to watch this. Anyway, I started watching the trailer and by the end of it, I couldn't even see from the oh tears. So um, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, so I'll put the, the trailer to that in the show notes and um, other Fringe of It listeners, let, let me know if you well up because it is it looks truly remarkable. God. I'm emotional there's a lot of emotional programs there oh my god this week we don't have any shopping chat but what we do have is an exceptionally special guest that we have lined up and we are so excited because we have got the wonderful lucy sheridan i love lucy no pun intended i was just really excited to have lucy on i think she's a really generous guest if you ever have the opportunity to meet lucy in real life she's like that all the time she's just generally a wonderful bundle of loveliness um but lucy is yeah the world's first and only comparison coach i think the reason we both love lucy so much is because she tackles issues like comparison that that affect us every single day from like the you know being at work to being online so complete mundane things we often write off as something that is insignificant but really can affect us um and she's just so articulate and reassuring and has that real kind of warmth and friendliness that makes you feel like you're just chatting to a friend. So we were so lucky to have her on board this week to really shed some light on comparison, dealing with things and kind of managing all those little niggles that face us, whether it's on Instagram or when you're looking at colleagues or friends and just how to kind of flip it on its head, really. Yeah, I think she gives some really great advice and some practical tools as well. Um, that how we can all kind of because I think we all have it it's human nature I don't think we realize how detrimental it, it can be sometimes so without further ado here's our interview with Lucy Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the line, Lucy. The comparison coach, I've got your Instagram bio up here. Um, and the first part of your Instagram bio is, but screw comparison, be less them and more you. Yes. I love it. Oh, I love you very that. much. Can you tell us what is a comparison coach, Lucy? And how did you get into it? Yeah, of course. So it's quite, obviously, it's quite a niche job title. I do have to get myself in a pickle when I'm on LinkedIn and wants me to try and tick something because, yeah, I am the world's first and only comparison coach. And to answer your question, all my work, whether that's one-to-one coaching, workshops, talks, you name it, it's all focused on helping people go from comparing despair to comparison-free. Ultimately, stop comparing themselves to other people so they can live their own lives and a bit like the words there say be less them and more you which I would caveat is you know an aim for point welcome to the human race if you are comparing yourself I think it kind of shows that you're human really how did I get into it it was a bit of a windy road in that I used to work in the advertising industry and um, it's not like we were saving lives or anything but it was a pretty intense work environment in lots of different ways and um, I developed um I developed anxiety ultimately and I was really losing myself my confidence was dipping and I was going through a time and I didn't even know like what my opinion was I always like couldn't, I couldn't even know my own thoughts and so as a side exercise I started looking at kind of like self-development and I would find myself in that sort of area in the bookshop and then I'd started on Google and found TED Talks and then through the rabbit hole found like a life coaching training that I felt like could really help me with how I was feeling and the, the crippling comparison that I was in and had been like a bedmate of mine forever. Ultimately, I've always, always compared myself to other people ever since I was a little girl. So I did that training and then swapped a couple of jobs. And then one morning at a job, they announced some of the changes that were happening in the business. And I just had this feeling like, I'm not sure this is going to work for me. And I actually had a bit of an odd experience. And I can count on one hand the number of times this has happened. But it wasn't like I thought a thought. It was like I heard a voice that said, I won't let you pick the timing, but I'll give you what you want. So I resigned the next day with the intention of going freelance, doing brand strategy, which is what you know a big part of my day job was. And I thought, I wonder if... I can start doing like some talks about overcoming comparison. I wonder if there's, you know, I could be teaching my version of these tools with comparison that have helped me so much. So I set myself an assignment, really. I set myself a 90-day test that I would turn on the comparison coach everywhere, whether it was on my LinkedIn profile, um, you know, my email signature. When people ask me what I do, I'd make sure it's present in my response. And I'll give this 90 days because this was kind of like five 
maybe six years ago when the well-being industry was burgeoning, burgeoning but a fraction of what it is now. Thankfully, it's grown and bloomed in ways that are, could never, I could never have predicted. Um, but I knew it was sort of high risk being this niche of a niche of a niche because even coaching then wasn't really well known. And thankfully, um, having kind of banged on about it consistently and because it was purpose-fueled in terms of my work, um, it took off. And um, I didn't have to worry about that. what would I do at 90 days because I just kept on following the next breadcrumb that was in front of me. And without sounding, um, like, you know, cheesy, here I am today talking to you lovely people. Oh, my God. So we're the final loaf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so inspiring. I feel like just listening then, I was sitting there like, oh my God, I love that <laughs> so much. Like, I need to follow my breadcrumbs. But there were so many things you said then, even down to, like, knowing your own opinion, which I feel like even you saying that struck such a chord because I was like that's something I think when you're online as well you're always looking and you're like do I have confidence in what I'm saying because I'm like looking at everyone else's opinion like I'm not informed enough yeah absolutely and I think we can be very all or nothing about it can't it like a comparison voice in our head will tell us oh they're much more informed or they're much clearer on this or they're much bolder and uh, we never come off well so it's almost like Tara Moore in her big in her book playing big talks about the inner critic and the um you know how you can spot it and I'll keep the powder dry because it's well worth an investment in your time and hard-earned spondoolies to download that book or read it a lot of what she says about the inner critic I think I read that with my comparison voice and it really really helped because yeah it you know my comparison voice that critical voice will never ever really make me feel good I know for a lot of people they can have a comparison habit and it's actually quite inspiring. So my brother's like this, Ollie, he'll see someone get an amazing opportunity at work. He's like, oh my goodness, high five, good on you. He'll see someone have another kind of personal milestone in their lives. And he's like, congratulations, you can have a party, I'm coming. You know, he just doesn't get engaged in the the difficult and negative, I suppose, side of it. And it's so easy to be. And do you think that is like a, a male and female thing or like have you found that or is, is it just some people do you think exceptionally lucky that they're just not programmed like that like they're they're in the minority I think it's a, a bit of both really um, I have met some people that don't compare and I voraciously talk to them about what it's like um, to understand what are some of the things that come naturally to them that they were born with perhaps or how they were brought up which meant that their which comparison which means that comparison has not taken hold or does not take hold at the moment because that was very different to me ultimately and sorry I'm this probably isn't actually where um, I envisaged the conversation going, so I will pull it back in a second. But in terms of research, I just find that so interesting because um, I used to be a lecturer and, and, you know, the whole university was obsessed with research. I never had anything to research. Um, they, they, they were like, because, uh, you know, sometimes they fund research and things like that. And I was like, I haven't, at the time, I had nothing to research. And like you said, you're researching how to research because that is a skill. So do you find, obviously, there's so many different studies about, you know, the human brain and psychology are there lacks of study with comparison specifically is that something you're finding or are you kind of just delving into that at the moment it's it's early stages at the moment what I'm finding is there's a disparity so there was a a comparison theory was coined in the 1950s by an American psychologist um, and that was like the first intentional bit of scientific study done in this area now we're finding that especially with the rise of social media there's more data coming out 
um, and which is brilliant. And we're, you know, it's on, it, we need to understand who's funding that data too to understand where the bias might be. But I'm actually really interested in the qualitative feeling emotive side of things and know that ticking boxes has a place and we need stats and we need to be able to see what trends are at the snapshot at this moment in time and we, there's a place for that I would love to know on a kind of wider scale the words that people choose to use around comparison and how it sees you know what the trends and patterns in the kind of their lives ultimately so I hope that answers the question because it kind of feels like there's a bit of a disparity at the moment no, I think that's really interesting. And actually going back, honestly, I really didn't know the conversation was going to go down no, this road. So you might find it really nerdy. But when I was pregnant, for example, um, I found out like what you said about the bias in yeah. studies, because I think the media are so quick to pick up on like stats, like 76% of this mm. or 80% on whatever topic. But it's really interesting what you said about look at where um, studies are funded and who they're funded by yeah. and what the intention of the study is because I did not know that I just thought you know studies were studies and facts were facts yeah, yeah. and it's and easy to you don't know it you don't know mm-hmm. that I just I just find that really fascinating yeah. sorry back to comparison <laughs> it's all good. I said I wouldn't take over I'm here I am I'm gonna just be quiet for a second. so why why comparison was there a defining moment where you were like yeah this is this is something I need to be talking about more per se because I think yeah. when I look back on all these moments that I've been affected by comparison it starts at such a young age yeah and that is please don't feel alone that is very much my experience it's very much the experience of my clients as well I think I can remember comparing and ranking myself against others from as young as four or five years old um and and I thought everyone did it all the time like I did and then it kind of followed me through my studies through puberty and there were lots of different moments kind of growing up where I realized that I was I was invisibly and silently competing with those around me you know, and taking that on myself having not been invited it's so exhausting having not been invited to do it by anybody else I completely took that on myself um so comparison you know there's this expression teach what you need to learn and I I kind of had a sense that it was given to me as one of my lifetime assignments or something a code I would try and crack you know a bit like you know picking the wrong men and other kind of like assignments that I've uh, worked on um you know and work on in life generally when things got really acute was when I was in my late 20s as I kind of like shared about um when I was in that time of transition and I went to my school reunion which on the day itself was actually really really good fun everyone that attended was lovely um genuinely caught up with people Prosecco flowed there was 11 out of 10 barbecue there you know it was a really great day it was when I woke up the day after people were kind of adding me and I woke up and my, you know, from the previous day, just having been to reunion, my social media community or, yeah, numbers, I suppose, people that I was following or following me on Facebook, which was kind of um, where it was at back then, um, it would tripled. It just tripled overnight. And I talk about it like I woke up in this Las Vegas comparison. And that's when my kind of, it got really acute. And I, I picture it a bit like, you know, there, there's the iconic movie Jaws. And there's a woman who's kind of splashing around in the sea. And then suddenly she's grabbed from below the bottom left right and then she disappears from view under the sea that's what it felt like for me in that comparison era and it took me down for like 18 months two years and I would find myself checking in on people 
and what that means is having them under surveillance ultimately <laughs> there'll be certain people that like I would just track and what's interesting and I observe about myself because this is my everyday work and it never ever bores me which is a privilege in itself but this is my everyday work so I am so curious and intimate with my own comparison it's not even funny you know I've had to look at all the like all of the parts of it because I also see myself as a case study too where is there more to learn where there's more to adapt where there's more to share but um something I've noticed is as life goes on the people that trigger my comparison they might change but ultimately they be that there's always an avatar or a trigger that is linked so I might have compared myself to so-and-so in French when I was nine now it's I'm comparing myself to so-and-so on the internet who happens to be 45 or whatever but I can see that they share the same things that trigger my own comparison which can be my own comparison is like stubborn you know it's like trying to get a mark off the wall it's you've got to stick at it and for me it's worth it because comparison has destroyed experiences in my life it's it's taken my self-esteem away so I, I treat it with this um seriousness I suppose because I I I am so scared of the results if I don't thankfully my episodes of comparison are more spread out now when they come in they, you know, they, I'm recovered from it in a couple of hours, as opposed to it used to be. I compare myself, say, on a Tuesday morning, it would spin me out to Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday, I'd be nearly coming out of it. And then Thursday, I might be feeling okay again. The Friday, I might feel myself. I've lost the week to comparing myself. You know, it was just, it robbed me of so much. It really does. Quickly flitting back to the whole surveillance thing, because I know that's something that so many of us are guilty of and I know I am but Instagram doesn't let you forget either does it because you start typing their name in like oh this person you're like yes that person <laughs> honestly how do you how do you keep on top with things like surveillance because it is something that I know we wish that there's certain people we always check yeah. back on who we know might trigger us or might have, have us spiraling into this hole there's a few things that it might be because it's a process ultimately and so, you know, this is just, this is one of the big characteristics that we need to look at. So this is so great to be talking about this specifically. So what we can do is catch the thought first. So before we even like maybe touch our hand onto our phone case to pick up our phone or move our thumb to type in their name, we go, ah, 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 you know, a bit like you would to, you know, a best mate that was going to text a, an ex-partner that wasn't good for them or something. And you can check in and it can be as a case of just disrupt the moment, disrupt the moment, make a cup of tea, check your emails, go on ASOS and see when your parcel's being delivered, call your mum back, whatever it is, like disrupt the moment, disrupt the moment, disrupt the moment. However, we don't always get to disrupt the moment. We don't always notice what we notice. And that's when it comes to being really gentle with ourselves. So when we find ourselves on that other person's feed, I would almost like give yourself a minute, like get it out of your system, just get it out of your system. And when the feelings come up, and this is something that people are sometimes surprised by, because like, how do I stop it? How do I get out of it? Well, a bit like anything, you're tangled in slowly and deliberately. So when the feelings come, um, I will, you know, I'll let me use myself as a case study and what I teach clients too. When those feelings come, I let those feelings run through my system. So for me, I can see, feel a sense of adrenaline, or I can feel like jealous, prickly feelings, sometimes feelings of inadequacy. And I will put my phone down, I'll sit um, and I'll rub my heart and I'll put my fingers on my pulse and I'll just feel like, because nothing is more connecting than feeling your own life force in your body. So putting two fingers with your left hand on your pulse and rubbing your heart with your right hand, if you're able, will immediately bring you back to the moment. And that's when I do self-soothing. So I talk to myself like you might talk to June when she's tripped over Charlotte and I'll say, 
you're all right, kid. You're all right, kid. What do you need to do now? And then I'll promise I'll do something in service of what is important to me. Let's look at what we have to do to move this forward. And that was the only question I set myself. What can we do to move this forward? So from the surveillance and kind of allowing myself to go there, a bit like, you know, when you press a bruise that isn't healed yet, you know you're going to get the pain. So it's kind of being accepting of that, but making sure that ultimately if you can't interrupt the thought and stop doing it, that you're just really gentle with yourself as you experience it and then walk yourself out of it. Because that's where comparison can get really damaging and painful, actually. That's a word I use deliberately, is when we, we stay there because we can't or won't move ourselves. I think that's absolutely fascinating what you said. And so I think in, in short, it's kind of looking at comparison and it can be a positive thing. I think as most things in life, you know, if somebody's cross with you yeah, or... Yeah. It, it, or most emotions are a mirror aren't they they're yes, just like yeah, yeah. you've got to do some work on yourself in some way or another um, and I think maybe the trickiest part is like what you say is you know when you can't do that so you know mm. I think I'm maybe at a position I've had a coach for a couple of years yeah. where I can look at those feelings now and I can almost not hover over them but I'm like right I kind of understand what's happening but then there's sometimes where you just can't reason with yourself or maybe you're not in a position where you want to reason Mm. with yourself and you just want to wallow in that pain yeah absolutely and what would you suggest to people you know kind of who aren't there yet or you know maybe it's the time of the month or Mm. because I don't know that really affects me and I think I can speak for all of us Mm. um, who are on our periods right now you know what would you say to those people that maybe are are kind of like in despair I guess Mm. because sometimes you can't always like I absolutely love what you said and I think we should all try and take positives out out of compact you know when we do feel that Mm. comparison this is really interesting because we'll all be on the scale somewhere that's the thing our comparison affects us in such different ways sometimes when we are feeling vulnerable and we're not feeling like we're able to stop um, I will I, I do this myself uh, a fair bit I will write I'll write a letter to my comparison a bit like you know a friend that's hurting you like you don't need to do this to me to us we need to be kind of staying focused and I'll write a letter to it to express it and get it out of my system in that way and then what that allows me to do is because so much of having the experience we want in life is deciding that we want it And sometimes we have to do some work on our worth about being worthy of deciding we want it. But we've got, we must be committed to to moving through it, even if we know we can't click our fingers and it be over. So we are like, you know, about to come on or we are feeling vulnerable and we take ourselves to comparison. That's when I think it's about bare essentials and being kind to yourself. So things like just do what you've got to do to get through the day because you can't be in doing an action Um, and strategic and big and bold and behind yourself if you're not feeling safe so you need to do what you've got to do to feel safe and that might be getting off your phone and going for a walk if you can it might be um you know throwing yourself into a book for a a chapter on you're on the way home instead of looking at your phone do what you've got to do to build up those feelings of safety so whatever you can do to feel safe in that moment will buoy you up as in b-u-o-y i think i've spelled that properly <laughs> but it will buoy you up and support you replenish you as well and from there the day after that's when you can make some really great decisions for yourself and in, and in support of yourself 
Oh, that's brilliant. It's almost back to the breadcrumb thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The essentials are so important. They are so, so important. But like any good muscle, you keep working it, eventually it'll work for you. I feel like, I feel really inspired just listening to this. I feel like this needs to be listened to first thing in the morning. I feel like if you could just phone me every morning and just, I just want, I'd love to potentially steer it to comparison online as well. And in, particularly Instagram, because I know especially like, how in the last kind of couple of years when it's become my full-time job and even when it hasn't and I think if I feel like it as someone who sees both sides of the fact and like behind the velvet curtain how other people must feel who just don't get that glimpse of kind of the messy behind the scenes and those things and do you have any tips for people keeping on top of things like Instagram and knowing when it's time to be like put it down it's about understanding where the lines are for each of us as an individual so it might be that it's difficult to keep like a nine to five hours because if you're needing to post at eight o'clock you've got to be um on and present on the app so that you can share emojis and acknowledge people and say thank you and be you know be polite like you would be if you were behind a till you know in a shop and so it's sometimes unfair to put difficult parameters that are hard to kind of keep in place but I would say if you're using it for business and it's somewhere where you live more than visit there are invitations that we can um and rules that we can come up with and criteria we can come up with that make us feel like and almost put a line in the sand between what's personal like Lucy time I use myself as an example and when it's not and it it's about the posting and it's about the stories there too so if you know for example there's gonna be a press trip and it's um the week of x well, maybe a couple of days before, you're a bit more quiet on the app and you take that nap and you take that walk and you go and have that coffee with a mate or whatever it is. I think when it comes so over-consuming is we don't have a criteria in place for when we're on and when we're not. Because like even Father Christmas is off sometimes, you know. It's like everyone does need that time off. Um, so I, I think it's important to kind of understand when are you operating best what is it that, because especially as a professional, what is it that your work needs? And then what is it that you're giving to it that's extra? So by taking that step back and looking at and making each decision conscious as well, it kind of, it builds up these conscious feelings and conscious habits and conscious patterns so that we don't feel passive. Because that's when I know that the ground can start to feel toxic when it feels like you're living there all the time. You're not necessarily getting what you need from it and you're giving a lot too. Um, so I can't remember, oh gosh, forgive me, someone said this recently, I can't remember their reference for it, but they said something like, um, if you're not enjoying using Instagram, you're not using it for the right reasons. Or if you're not enjoying using social media, you're not using it for the right reasons. So it's understand like what's the why as part of it, because it's so easy to just feel like um, the right reasons are your own reasons, by the way. Like there is no social media police, and thank goodness. Because we're all we're in this awkward toddler phase, aren't we? If it feels like it's consuming and confronting and uncertain, it's because it is. Like we are we are navigating this without a map, without a compass, and like a toddler, we're falling over and we're saying the wrong thing, and then we're making it the etiquette as we go as well, and hoping we get that right. So we really need to all take ourselves off the hook big time, I think, as part of this as well. Specifically to answer your question, because I know a lot of people that are pros listen to the pod. It's think about when was the last time you actually assessed um, what are your business goals relating to using the graph because it's there to serve you as much as you're there to serve it and it's okay for you to get clear on that because so many people are just so grateful to go professional that they forget that they're allowed to kind of relook at what their goals are and how it's going to keep working for them such a milestone to get there. 
And then it's about just like, you know, if we were bricklayers or garden center owners or whatever it was, whatever it is, it's if it's a job and it's a professional, um, you know, it's, it's a business ultimately putting in place some structure and sticking to it. And it, it might be that you um, don't check your emails at the weekends or that sort of thing. Putting out of office, like I have an out of office on all the time, which I think you um, lovely babes have probably seen. And it kind of says, you know, thanks for email. The business is enjoying a really vibrant time. If you're a client, ignore this email. If you'd like to be a client, do this. If you want this, do this. If you want this, do this. Thanks a lot. And then everything else, I can, I'll try and get back to you. There's a really good chance that I won't. And that's helped a lot as well. Like that, and that's just an online life, I suppose. That's the behind the scenes managing the business. And I'm just starting to get invited to things and to have things gifted, et cetera. And even, so even now I'm having to, I haven't got the answer to this question yet, but I'm like, okay, what does this look like for me? Because this is a bit unexpected. So I think taking, you know, a couple of hours with a notepad and some really good business coaching questions can really help transform relationship around it. Otherwise it feels like you're just tied to it all the time, doesn't it? Well, the, the internet's just, the oh, internet's God, just infinite, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, Lucy, can I um, pick up on something in a positive way? But I always think your language is, as you say, it's, it's so intentional. The way that you use words, I'm always really inspired. Um, anytime oh, wow, thank you. you. Um, and is that something that's been more conscious? I mean, you know, again, I always go back to when I was pregnant, but um, hypnobirthing mm. just had a really profound effect on me. Yeah, Not yeah. for the results that I got, but for the education that I got. And actually what you were saying about, um, when you're talking to yourself and you're rubbing your heart, like you're connecting mm. with yeah. that living, like we're living, breathing humans, like that's incredible in itself. So, yeah. you know, and the brain does trick us, like it really does, mm. you know, as much as it does some incredible things, it's a bit mean sometimes. Oh, it, yeah, it is. And it does that because fear speaks first and speaks loudest because it's there to keep us um, safe. So if we didn't have fear, like in like cave people times, we would have ended up being eaten by a lot more dinosaurs. Our fear is there to serve us ultimately. So our relationship with that part of us, which we're never going to be able to destroy, and thank goodness, because it's a natural part of us and nature doesn't make mistakes really. But it's about understanding our relationship with fear and being conscious of it too. And like you say, whether it's through hypnobirthing, mindfulness is great too. I've really got a lot from coaching and understanding my own thoughts there too. When it comes to language, part of this has been a bit of a process in that because, um, and I'm sure that lots of people experience this too, because such a big part of my role is offering advice when it's asked for, I have a bit of a rule, I don't give unsolicited advice. So for example, if we went out for for tea and um, I wouldn't talk about comparison at all unless someone brought it up and asked me because, you know, it's so easy to give advice and not be helpful, sportive. But because such a big part of my... um, role and my, my purpose is, is 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 helping people and that's chosen if I'm not careful imposter syndrome could run my life so when it comes to my language you'll notice I say things you know which start with like based on what I know or my view is or an interpretation of that is because I want to be confident in that moment but I need to not let my imposter syndrome like take hold or that critical voice take hold so my language is intentional because I, I, I like to slow down what I'm saying to process ultimately what I want to say. But what I'm not going to do is say, like, I know it all and this is the facts without dispute and you're never going to hear better advice from me. So it allows me to be fully human, I suppose, as part of that. And it's also been important when it comes to reinforcing boundaries because um, our language, you know, is important because and boundaries are important. And so when I use the word boundary, 
that's ultimately a line in the sand in your life which tells people what you're available for and what you're not available for. So, for example, you know, people being late for you or whatever it is. Hey, we all have timekeeping issues. That's a bad example. But I know when um, the, 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 you know, the more my business has developed, the longer I've been going is another way of saying that. The more and more requests and favours um, and demands, I suppose, that people will think they can ask of me or will ask of me. So language has been important because I have had to learn to say no a lot every single day. Um, so being direct, being kind and just keeping things neutral helps me feel strong and um again like um soothes that inner critic that's like but just do it but just do it I mean how you should be you're really lucky it's like well I would have been lucky for this if I was doing it two days we're going six years now it's not for me do you know what I mean like there's a lot of self-talk that goes on (laughs) in a good way um, so that self-talk, can, can people, you know, like when you said get off your phone, you know, um, yeah. and, and you you repeat things like either in your head mm. or out loud. And that really yeah. is a skill to be developed, isn't it? Because it's just so mm. easy to say nasty things to yourself. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's conscious too. And I mean, I don't always do it in public, but I, it, it's not unknown for me to walk out of a lift and be like, that was well done. Like you did really well there. And there'd be people there like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like I'm self-employed and I'm a company of one and um, don't know if you've read that book or come across that book company of one by Paul Jarvis and um, our mutual pal LJ recommended it to me um but I'm a company of one so I don't have departments of people I don't have loads of people on my team I need to give myself that good stuff in the moment like my boss would if I was working somewhere else so for me it's not a nice to have that self-talk is something which is practice and I'm not doing it all day every day but it's a way of giving yourself what you need when there's nothing or no one else to give it to you. So, you know, for example, um, one of my love languages is words of affirmation. I love talking about these. Yeah, words of affirmation is my love language. So I give myself words of affirmation. If giving of gifts was my love language, I'd buy myself presents. You know, it's not about not being able to receive it from anywhere else but you know if I'm going to like a work meeting which I've generated my husband's an entrepreneur too he's an analyst he's not a clue what I'm doing in the most loving way you just let trust me loves me get on with it you love it go for it but um he can't I need to say what I need before I go in and you know speak to a board or go to a tv company and you've got all that little old me oh my goodness who am I to stuff I need to give myself what I need so self-talk is ultimately talking to yourself like you would your best mate but you know because you can't text yourself emojis or maybe you can I suppose let's not limit things but self-talk is really giving yourself what you need in that moment um and it's changed everything for me because now I realize what a drought there was of like positive affirmation in my life I've never thought about doing it for yourself which sounds really silly but I'm always like talking about like Oh, yeah. So Joe's language of love is definitely like, you know, gestures because yeah. he's always cooking dinner. That's really kind. But I've never thought about what I actually do for yeah. myself. Do, what's your love language, Liv? I mean, I feel like this week, after having a bit of a pants week, it's definitely been gifts. Mm. God almighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'll just buy yourself another T-shirt. But I know that's not probably promoting a healthy thing. But no, like I feel I definitely could work on um, the affirmations. Definitely. Yeah. definitely but I just I never thought about it from a self perspective I was always like thinking about it for relationships with other people or partners or significant others instead of just being like just be nice to yourself yeah. for God's sake, woman. <laughs> but I suppose what's great about saying it yourself is it's easy to kind of say is it like just 
and be nice so that gives pressure too so at least it's like well the how oh okay what's my love language and I'm so sorry yeah. it's such a good it's such a good concept I can't remember who came up with this love languages thing so I apologize people listening are like what are they talking about at this stage but it's a real game changer in life generally um, but at least you've got the answer to the well how do I show myself love how do I care for myself how do I nourish myself in this moment oh I'm going to buy myself a gift or I'm going to give myself a really lovely um like proper like massage with that really over the top body cream I've got because my love language is physical touch for example and um, there's always a way you can soothe yourself in that way it was Gary Chapman thank oh. you Gary Chapman and my mum and dad have got a friend called Gary Chapman I mean I wonder if it's the same guy but I think it just goes back to I don't know I don't know how all of us got on this path but we just I guess I don't know maybe maybe this is a sweeping generalization but we just don't get taught how to look after ourselves mentally like we you know no we don't it's seen as such an indulgence to look after yourself yeah I think that's changing but so slowly you wouldn't you wouldn't almost wouldn't know it the thing is too with them so much is put on social media about like how can we use our phones differently and yes of course managing that's really really important um but comparison's been around since like ancient times it's referenced in the bible you know thou shalt not cover last century 1950s keep it with the joneses became the the concept whereby people would um, understand their own ranking and social status in society by, you know, based on what was in the neighbours, you know, whether they had a TV or what was in the neighbours drive. So comparison is like, it's nothing new, but obviously social media and comparison are this kind of like evil power couple. And you're absolutely right. We're constantly told there's a problem and then, we're, you know, we're giving examples of it and we feel it too. And thankfully, the taboo is much less than it was when I started out five, six years ago. Um, but there, there isn't much to go on. And that's the interesting thing about the tools, because something I'm really clear on is overcoming comparison and becoming comparison free. It's as much about being as it is about doing. And that's when you hinted at this, um, Charlotte, before working on yourself which can feel like such a big concept to work on yourself. That another, another way I'd interpret that is understanding yourself better so you can love yourself more, focus harder on yourself and ultimately become more confident and then live the life you want to. Because comparisons are really sophisticated form of self-sabotage. It's like perfectionism and it can be, you know, platitudeed away or, you know, flicked away. Oh, it's just this. Oh, I'm just comparing. I'm just being a perfectionist. Like, yeah. Oh, and also you're not moving forward in this really important thing in your life too. So it's easy for it to be belittled as well when actually it can be a bit like a poisonous route if we're not careful. I'm learning so much. Oh, thank you. And it feels really selfish having so many takeaways when we're just literally listening. We're like, oh, it feels no, like a really generous episode. I feel like you've been so generous with oh, all that's a lovely thing to say. What I would, my own personal goal is to help people to help cure one million people of comparison. Like that's what's written on next to my desk. So any time I know I can get closer to that number, I say yes. So thank you so oh. much for the, such a kind invitation to reach people in a way that I may not be able to do just kind of sitting on the desk or on the gram even. <laughs> Sometimes when people are doing cool things, it's so easy for people to think, I'm doing this cool thing, I'm going to keep it to myself. But I think being generous with your knowledge and like lifting others up with that is such an amazing thing. 
And you're such a brilliant example of that. So I'm oh, really... Thank you very much, darling. That's a lovely thing to say. I'll let you into a little secret, which is um, I believe in the law of three, in that um, if you do one good thing, you'll get three good things back. If you do one bad thing, you'll get three bad things back. So, in, so I always think, say yes when it feels like... Yeah, just say yes to as much as you can because you'll always be rewarded. So it's so kind and so generous of you to say that I've been generous. And yet I know that I will get it back. Oh, you're oh, such a good egg. Such a good egg. <laughs> Where can people find you online, Lucy? If they, Well, I just basically, every time one of Lucy's posts come up or stories, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm pulling up a chair. Uh, at Lucy Sheridan on Instagram, to be honest. I'm posting, uh, I'm back on kind of posting every day, often twice a day, and I'm always on stories sharing um, advice, views, anecdotes about comparison. So if you're there for you know, it's like, it's really all about that. So if you are looking for some resources, a bit of a pepper hope, and also lots of free coaching, then that's where to find me over on the gram. And then I'm just on, I'm just on your link tree as well. I mean, there are so many links on there. Um, There's links to podcasts, Um, watch you on Oprah's life. Yes. Um... Oh my goodness. Well, I've done, I've done this. I've done the fringe of it now. So the Oprah and the fringe are all sorted. So it's like, goodbye, everyone. Oprah's always thinking, oh, I'd love to get on the fringe of it. That, that, that's my new goal. Get Oprah on. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lucy. You've been amazing. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you truly so much for having me. I appreciate it. We really hope you enjoyed listening to that. It was so lovely to go back and take some really little helpful pointers. So we hope it's picked you up this morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening. And we hope you have an absolutely wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in. Please do head on over to our Facebook group for more chat and conversation, which is www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the fringe of it. And we'll see you next week. Speak to you next week. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.